Hello, and welcome to the Arts Report for February the 18th, 2000, and, sorry, 15th, February 15th, 2012. So close. Yes, yet good so far. Good That's some good day, uh, Yes, you're listening to the Arts Report, your weekly fix of arts and culture news and interviews here at CITR 101.9 FM, and of course, on the interweb as well at CITR.ca. My name is Adam Janusz, and in the studio with me, I have tri-co-hosts. Megan Thomas and Nick Sartori. Hello. Good day. Are we each three people? I'm yes. not really sure how that descriptor applies. Each of us have three heads. Um, oh, we're, a, we're a tri-headed CITR <laughs> arts monster. <laughs> That's right. We are a beast with we're three a heads. We're a ghoulish monster. We're quite ghoulish, but the chair is hey, still quite comfortable. yourselves. I am delightful. <laughs> <laughs> She's our better third. Anyway, uh, welcome to the Arts Report. Uh, we've got a great show for you this week. There's a lot going on in Vancouver uh, around these days, including uh, chutzpah, which uh, started on February Adam, I'm the sorry. 11th. Chutzpah. Ch- excuse chutzpah. me. It's good radio. Yeah. Chutzpah. 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 There you got it is. It. That was I think you went too far on that one. Did I? Yeah. Uh, that's happening until March 4th. It started on February 11th, and it is an excellent showcase, including uh, music, dance, and uh, theater. So lots to take in from all over the world, and there's uh, several uh, world premieres, Vancouver premieres, and um, yeah, and exciting things all around. So we'll give you a little preview of, a little taste of what's going on at Hotspur right now with... Um, with uh, an interview for a show called Thank You, You're Not Welcome. And we'll delve into what that means. As well, we'll tell you about uh, the Talking Stick Festival, which is coming up very soon as well. That's February 20th until March 4th. So what is that next Monday? It begins, and uh, that will have a lot of exciting uh, performing arts events, including um, a talking uh, festival dialogue uh, series called Sharing Perspectives as, uh, on top of lots of um, performing arts events. So that'll be great. So we'll we'll talk about that with a show called Métis Mutt, another provocative title. We've got a lot of great festivals with provocative titles today. Good titling, everyone. <laughs> Gold star <laughs> for titling. Yeah. Titlers. <laughs> Titlers. Yeah. And um, we'll also tell you about a book. By the title of Crossing the Continent. I love books. I was going like to sing the books, the books theme song. Oh, right. A little, little acapella version in the... Maybe. Don't, Never mind. don't do that. No, no. I thought okay. we could harmonize and have a moment, but that's Incorrect. whatever. That's so, why it's pre-recorded. Yeah, by just a little prof- note. By professionals. <laughs> right, just a little note. We don't actually <laughs> sing that in the booth every time the books that would be on. so great don't I'm, I'm going to stop I'm going to stop that's, a, that's some insider secrets <laughs> ruining the magic of radio yeah oh well uh, so yes Crossing the Continent by uh, Michel Tremblay mm-hmm. the famous Quebecois uh, yes. writer it's in translation mm-hmm. I do not speak nor do I read fluent French but uh, you know it's it's. Mm. it just came out in translation I think it was originally written in, or published in 2007 so yeah it's a, it's going to be a whole it's the first book of a whole series so we'll talk about that and we'll also talk about Comedy Fest. When's that coming? Uh, it starts actually tonight. Mm-hmm. I believe Todd Berry and um, another someone else that I forget. Uh, the shows at the Rio and the Comedy Mix tonight. And then the opening gala is tomorrow. And it runs through, I believe, the 24th. Nice. Good stuff. So uh, before we get on with the rest of today's show, I have an important announcement to make. <laughs> Everyone, shh, at home. <laughs> I, kinda, I instantly thought that was overly dramatic. And I, was I, 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 I was looking for a second. I was like, do we have that like, breaking news? You can make the beeps, though, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So glad I get to be here for the beeps in person. Yes. Um, so I have an announcement to make. I, uh, I have hosted this show for approximately two years. Um, and uh, the previous uh, host before me, Tracy Fuller, uh, hosted the show for approximately two years before she left. So, uh, basically, what I'm saying is that I will be leaving the show uh, at the end of the month. Yes, and... Uh, we are all shocked and surprised. 
uh, as hard as it is uh, for me to utter those words on the air, um, it's uh, yeah, it's true. It's time to move on, and I've had a, a really, really good time hosting this show, and it's been a huge uh, and steep learning curve from when I started. If you don't believe me, please go to the podcasts and listen to a show <laughs> from two years ago, and you'll be astounded. Um, but now you're an award winner. <laughs> right, but in the time that uh, I w- was and am still here, um, not only have I learned a lot, but I'm happy to say that, um, that the Arts Report has brought um, acclaim to CITR through uh, a national uh, community and campus radio association award uh we won um last april for local arts coverage for uh, supporting local artists Mm -hmm. was the category and um citr put forth the art support as a as a shining example of how citr supports uh, artists in the community and uh the the ncra the conference was in halifax you're looking for me for confirmation, but uh, I cannot provide said confirmation. I believe it was in Halifax. It's usually in Halifax, isn't it? No, it's or not. Toronto. It Halifax every... or Toronto, I think, isn't it? Every time? It is, in fact, the opposite of what you say. Oh, okay. It is a different city every year. Well, they don't look to me for confirmation. I'm sorry that things. I looked to you for confirmation. But yes, it was in Halifax. It was in Halifax, and uh, yeah, and it was, it was declared that CITR had won an award, and... Um, they were very nice to surprise me when they came back. They just Aww. they just put it in the newsroom, and I just showed up on Wednesday, and there was this plaque. Yeah, do did they decide to explain that is that they were like trying to be cheeky, or were they just lazy? They didn't want to throw you a party. <laughs> <laughs> I Am I entitled Adam, to a party? Is there, this is news to me. That was too late now. Oh, Adam man. wants his party now before he leaves. I want my party. You want oh, your party. my party? We're gonna throw a party. Don't worry. So anyway, Nick, we have to plan a party. Okay, thanks, Megan. <laughs> Guys, I'm right here. Um, so anyway, I've I've learned a lot, and I'm happy that uh, CITR got to um, got to get something out of it because I certainly have gotten a lot of uh, a lot from from being an arts director and host of the arts report here uh, for two years. And so I'm not yeah. to get too maudlin, mm-hmm. um, but I will anyway. Um, but I just want to thank you for doing the arts report and providing the mentorship because I, I know that I. Really, I started doing stuff on air with you just for books and, and for other things recently, and um, I found that I really, really enjoyed it, and I enjoyed doing the art supporting, and I found a niche in interviewing that I didn't really knew I had before, and those are the types of opportunities that um, only come along when you have people dedicated to bringing people on air, and uh, so it's not just it's it's supporting local artists, but it's also supporting people who are trying to get into broadcasting, supporting arts, and it's uh, I mean all CITR is obviously looking to do that for all its members, but uh, I have to say that yeah. Personally, it's it was amazing that you're so welcoming, and we're going to miss you a lot. Thank you. Thank you. And, and that's a good segue to say that uh, CITR will continue, or the Arts Report will continue to be very welcoming mm-hmm. to, um, to mm-hmm. volunteers. If not more all so. stripes. <laughs> it couldn't possibly get <laughs> any better. like, look at that in the job. We're going to start giving out cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if the anybody's listening, and uh, yeah, that's right. If anybody's listening and they want to get involved with um, with arts coverage or just being on the radio in general, uh, the Arts Support is a good place to start, and uh, it's a good foot in the door for other CITR um, opportunities as well. So yeah, by all email, means, email us, try to get involved in, in any of our programs at CITR. Definitely, you can email us at volunteer arts <laughs> at CITR.ca. Volunteer at CITR.ca. And let us know that you're interested in the Arts Report, and we will find you. Or you can just come and there's there's tours there's station tours yeah. out there yeah. yeah so you can just come and, and take one of the station tours and, and meet everyone and yeah. do all this kind of cool stuff yeah great um, all right we're gonna can we take a quick break and uh, oh, before yeah. we get back to regular programming but basically, Adam needs to dab thank his you eyes. I do have to dab my eyes so um, yes we'll be right back thank you Adam are you walking to class are you grabbing a coffee. Got lunch hour to kill? We invite you to fill the silence of your day with the sound of some live music. Music on the Mind? UBC's newest student concert initiative invites the School of Music out of the concert hall into the schoolyard. Ten concerts at five venues on one campus. Let's get music on the mind at UBC. For more information, visit ubcmusiconthemind.com. Sponsored by CITR Radio, Vancouver, BC. Get to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Your neighborhood indie theater that promotes all things cool. Friday, February 3rd, catch the East Van All-Stars Variety Show. East Vancouver's talent has come together for one night only to support the Rio Theater to survive through the recent closures due to a ban on movies at the neighborhood theater. Doors will be at 8 with a show at 9 p.m. This event is 19 plus and cover will be by donation. Live concerts happening this month at the Rio include... 
Patrick Melia presenting the Legion of Stand-Up Comedians on Saturday, February 4th, the tongue-in-cheek spoken word and burlesque show on Friday, February 10th, Charlie Tuna on the 18th, and Said the Whale on the 25th. To view the full schedule of live events this month at the Rio Theatre, visit riotheatre.ca slash schedule. For more information on how to join the community's fight back against the banning of movies at the Rio Theatre, go to facebook.com slash support the Rio. And we're back on the Oscar Report here on CITR 11.9 FM and streaming online at CITR.ca. So we've got a great show uh, for you, and uh, we're starting off with the Chutzpah Festival. So the Chutzpah Festival is Vancouver's annual celebration of Jewish performing arts, and it is now in full swing. It started on February 11th and uh, continues until March 4th, showcasing theater, dance, and music from all over the world, including Israel, Poland, the Netherlands, and right here in BC. Um, cool. Indeed. Thank you, You're Not Welcome, is a dance show. Wow, thank you for your enthusiasm. Color right? commentary by me. <laughs> thank You, You're Not Welcome, is a dance show uh, by dancer and choreographer Noam Gagnon, uh, who is the founder and uh, founder of the renowned dance company Holy Body Tattoo. Thank You, You're Not Welcome explores the themes of change, learning from the past, and moving on. It blurs the lines between theater and dance as well, with uh, voiceover narration and dramaturgy from James Fagan Tate, who you may uh, recall uh, recently adapted and directed The Idiot, uh, which was right here at UBC and was part of the Push Festival. True facts. Do you want to give us some color commentary there? I got. I got <laughs> <laughs> Maybe all you had to go was yeah like or the, cool, the, the, the awesome push festival. Nothing. You had nothing. You guys know this is live. You guys know this is live, right? Two oh. years. You are, we on, are we on air? I thought, I thought this was taped. On, this is live. Anywho, mm. I spoke to Noam and I asked him whether his piece was theater or dance, and whether he cares about those labels at all. But first, I asked him if a show about reflection about the past is really basically just about regret. I don't know if I would use, um, there's a sense of a nostalgia about, mm-hmm. you know, like what, what is missed in, in the work. But in terms of regrets, there's, they don't seem to be, because I think the character is so, is trying so hard to keep forward, you know, yeah. to move forward and to imagine better for himself that he doesn't really, there's not a sense, and I find regrets creates a sense of stagnation or a yeah. sense of like you're not moving because you, you regret, but there's a sense of like, I think probably much more like a sense of, um, what's the word I was using, the sense of, um, I guess, recognition of realizing there's a sense of loss and mm. the enduring of that, you know? Yeah, like a sort of acceptance and just... Um, yeah, yeah. And, and kind of like a, like a positive um, thing where, it, where it's not about, you know, um, feeling bad about things or, or looking down on yourself, but just m- moving, uh, moving forward and learning from the past. Yeah, and even when, you know, like, it's like, you know, it's, 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 it's you know, there is, the story is not, I guess the story also, to say that, is not lukewarm. The character has his ups and downs, and it really goes through a journey. But one thing for sure is that the survival instinct just keeps propulsing him forward mm. at the cost of, if he stops, he won't be able to, the sense of loss mm-hmm. and the nostalgia of what was and what he wish could be, then for some reason would paralyze him. So I feel this character really is... Um, through the the dark, you know, the shades, the dark shades to the bright shades, there's this sense of um, desire to just propulsing itself, I mm-hmm. guess, forward. And so it is, it is, um, uh, compared to the first installation of this research of this work, which was 10 Things You'll Hate About Me, it was trying to create just a, a sense of a fairy tale, that, what you were saying in terms of like, it's positive. And, and now I find even in the negative, even in the dark side of the story, there is actually a sense of redemption, a sense of trans transcendence of mm. trying to get through and the harden you know like the difficulty of that really starts speaking about the human condition and I think that's where you know like if you're a kid or you see it through the eyes of a kid in the story which is you know then you can start seeing it through you because you realize it's a journey that we're all everyone you know like yeah. I think in the room have experience or will experience <laughs> <laughs> more consciously it will get you whether you, or another yeah. 
whether you like it or not, it'll come for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, don't uh, need to look for drama. It's right around the corner where you don't expect it. <laughs> now, we, we don't have a lot of time left, but um, here's a tough question for you. How how do you do that in uh, in, in the theater space and, and through movement in particular? How do you communicate all these these you know fantastic ideas? How do you um, use well, the, the media that you have? How, you know, it's a good question because dance is actually really, you know, dance is based on the body. But one yeah. thing I know for sure is that I think it was Orville Part that actually um, um, really wrote this part uh, is saying that um, the body doesn't lie you know and the body like even in our faces I think you know we, we leave traces you know yeah. like we our life experiences is in ourselves and I think on some level when the intention is pure in terms of like what you desire and what you you try to express is like when you're thirsty you grab a glass of water and if you're really thirsty you just gulp it down if you're just you know slightly thirsty you take a couple sips and i think it's the same thing you know like in the intentions of a body on stage if you are clear about what you're looking for in terms of the you know like the intention and what you're trying to convey then the physicality really has these texture and nuance and for sure with this what is helping us is we have also um, text that is being um, spoken throughout okay. which is part of the score so it helps also to um, um, set the story into very yeah. various time frames yeah, and compliments. of this um, boy story yeah and compliments what's going on on the stage yeah, exactly. And we're using also metaphors like of like the story of the Aggie Prince from Oscar Wilde to actually try to create parallels between the character and what you see and what his fantasy is. And also, there's also the another character, which is um, the present, the the present, the presentator, which is basically the person that speaks about. Um, speaks on the third person so we have almost like four characters on stage that is is the, the is the layers of what you see in reality hmm. and would you call this a play do you call it a dance piece or do you even care about a label um i'm a dance artist so yeah. i think you know like for, i don't I, it I don't really care to yeah. be honest, and I think it's a good word. It's true, but I know for sure that my the main point of view that I'm doing it from it's from a physical point of view, and mm -hmm. and that's the essence of it all. But I'm working with like a dramaturge who actually, um, 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 uh, my God, um, James Fagan Tate, me, Jimmy, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy <laughs> Fagan Tate, yeah. and he's the one that basically you know like helped me to create the text and the. the the the, the 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 story the storyline and how yeah. we were able to define it so I would say right now this is a, it's it's a blend it's a, and it's it's a beautiful marriage mm -hmm. between the two art form that creates this beautiful new entity I think like a baby it's, it's a way <laughs> to really see the to see theater in a very different way because it's not just about the head talking it's really about like creating like a magical you know like an emotional physical world where you the body and the imageries that can only be done through the body mm -hmm. balances the text which is very much more an intellectual i find process mm -hmm. most of the time it sounds like a, a beautiful marriage indeed and, and we'll, have to, we'll have to see the baby of this marriage when it's, uh, when it's here. <laughs> we're having evil twins. <laughs> That's what we're having. <laughs> That's awesome. So yes, there will be um, a baby. Uh, performance perhaps, baby. Performance baby. Perhaps a three-headed monster. But uh, an interesting spectacle no matter what. Anyway, that was Nohom Gagnon telling us about thank you. You're not welcome. And that is uh, in a double bill with a show called Monger. Uh, the full-length Canadian premiere of the multifaceted work Monger is choreographed by one of Israel's most celebrated choreographers, Barack Marshall, and performed by the vibrant Los Angeles-based contemporary dance company Body Traffic. See it, if only to know what are they monging. Uh, fish comes to mind, but yes. I'm assuming and this is not a literal interpretation or, of the word. Yeah, and yeah it doesn't sound that way. No, no, no. They're, they're probably monging, <laughs> mongering. Is that it? It's, mong it's mongering, but that was a little play on words that I did. What monging? Yes, is a play on words. Yeah. Well, it's the wrong word on purpose. Oh. To uh, elicit a comedic response. Ah. Good. Ha, 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 right ha, before ha. we talk about the comedy. <clears throat> All right. So uh, let me just quickly tell you before we take a break that. Uh, that um, 
Wow. Thank you, You're Not Welcome, and uh, Monger are coming uh, on three separate occasions. The first is uh, Thursday, uh, February 23rd at 8 p.m. The second is uh, Saturday, February 25th at 2 and 7 p.m., so there's a matinee there to see, and it's on its Sunday, February 26th. These are all basically next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend, uh, Sunday at 2 p.m., so a matinee there. And tickets are $26, and for members and seniors, it's 22 Ah, and for students like UBC students perhaps, it is $16 uh, plus tax and service charges and that. Uh, so if you want to find out more information about that, go to chutzpahfestival.com. If you can't spell chutzpah, just Google it. Chutzpah. Chutzpah, excuse me. That's what I meant to say. All right, so we're going to take a quick break and when we return, we'll tell you about the Comedy Fest coming up uh, basically today. Starting today? Starting today. So we'll give you the scoop on that. Stay with us. <laughs> Want to know what's up at UBC? Read the UBC. It's only the largest student newspaper in Western Canada, and it's written and edited entirely by UBC students. The UBC is your source for on-campus news, culture, and sports. New editions come out every Monday and Thursday. For breaking news, as well as amazing videos and blogs, check out ubc.ca. And we're back on the Arts Report here on CITR 1.9 FM and streaming online at CITR.ca. Megan, you're going to tell us about the Comedy Fest. Yes, and I'm very excited. I'm excited as well. Yeah, so the Comedy Fest does start tonight. Uh, we have Todd Barry at the Comedy Mix and Super Ego, which is a podcast they're going to do live, which is a... Whoa, whoa, whoa. what? They're going to do a podcast yeah, so live? Super Ego oh, they're is be a, recording a comedy podcast. They're, and, bringing, um, they're bringing an iPod with them, and they'll fan. plug it in live. It's going to be really, really boring. No, mm-hmm. um, no, I'm a big fan of a lot of comedy podcasts. It's one of the kind of main way that people get their comedy out there after they start, reach a certain level. But doing it's them true, live, yeah. doing them live is 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 actually really fascinating to watch. So mm-hmm. you, they just record it, and you get to watch the magic happen. Um, so I thought I would hide highlight a couple of things that I'm exciting about excited about um, so it has a really great mix this year and even if you don't recognize the names you're going to recognize that guy from that thing that you've seen um, they're all very recognizable <laughs> faces Pers- I know that guy he's great he's pers- personally I really into all what people call and I'm making quote marks alternative comedy I know and uh, it's basically comedy on top of comedy so if you hate irony and layers and callbacks <laughs> Then do not <laughs> do not uh, if you look hate into those things. You probably can't. Comedy. You can't function in the world today. <laughs> you know, like Zach Galifianakis. Uh, there's music comedy like Nick Thune, um, improvised storytelling like Paul F. Tompkins. But mm-hmm. there's lots of different you know genres within that. But it's just the idea of like people who really already like comedy who know comedy. Um, and mm-hmm. I think some of the you'd say some of the first people to do it were people like George Carlin, um, Bill Hicks, and of course, and actually Mark Maron, who is one of the people that will be uh, at the show. Nice. So. There's going to be a lot of elders of kind of uh, alternative comedy, like Doug Benson, who is perfect for Vancouver. He does the marijuana logs and Douglas <laughs> movies. David Cross, Bob Ovenkirk from Mr. Show, Mark Marin, uh, and Paul F. Tompkins will be here. A um, lot of stuff from LA and New York and Seattle, um, but lots of locals as well. So we have Charles Demers is going to be. Demers. T- sorry. <laughs> You no, had you went through this already. I did. Now the only reason yes. I'm not just being a jerk, I, I'm as well as being a jerk, um, educating th- us all. Yeah. Well, no, because uh, I brought this up with with Charlie when he was on the show a few weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Dude, what's the deal with your name?" Because uh, everyone says it differently, and, and he he's said like, it "Tell me like about it." And yeah, he explained it. Was so there you go. Demers. I'm corrected. I'm not actually going to say it again because. <laughs> so Charlie Demers. is going to be at the. Uh, you know, with Mark Maron, he's going to be at the comedy mix for a couple of nights. He is obviously from the debaters and from uh, Vancouver Special, so he's very well known, as is Graham Clark, who's going to be performing at uh, Neil Brennan Live. He's also part of the debaters, and he's actually been nominated for three Canadian Comedy Awards. Hmm. Um, he, uh, We have uh, Ben McGuinness, who has actually uh, been doing uh, comedy in Vancouver since 2007. And... Uh, I'm definitely going to pronounce this wrong. Um, he's actually from Ontario, and it's Rob Mayu, I assume. Ooh, that was good. Uh, thank you. Good. And um, he will be performing and has opened for people like Mark Maron, Brian Posehn, and Maria Bra- Bamford, who are all amazing. And then uh, Ivan Decker 
He's going to actually be performing at the opening night gala, which I get to attend tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. He's very, very funny. Yes, I saw him at uh, the Sad Mike Comedy Show mm-hmm. last week, and um, actually more straight ahead stand up, actually. But very much so, yeah. Very, very funny, mm-hmm. youthful without pandering like to young people or old people. It's it's uh, and his segues are amazing. Like it's I know true. it's getting a little technical, but you don't even know you're in the third joke in. You just think <laughs> you've been listening to one really funny story, and you realize these are three very distinct jokes. That's great. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. So he is going to be, uh, like I said, at that opening night gala tomorrow. Tickets still available if you want to see pretty much all the comedians. Hmm. Um, I just want to give a brief mention to Mark Marin because he is uh, at the Rio, um, and you will be able to drink there, but you will not be able to see a movie at the same time yet. Not yet. Um, but soon. we're getting there. The BC government. So soon. Yeah. Um, let you yet. So, but... The reason I mention him is because for the Arts Report, we do a lot of interviews here, and uh, even though he did comedy and he is uh, very influential, he actually, his podcast, WTF, which is interviews with, started with comedians, but also well-known personalities, um, musicians, actors, is brilliant. It really is. He has a conversational style. He has, uh, he's, he's hard-hitting when he needs to be. Uh, he's very funny, and uh, really actually kind of an inspiration for how I hope to uh, do interviews someday. I'm not there yet. So finally, uh, hands down the most adorable act, uh, and one of the ones I'm looking forward to personally, is Garfunkel and Oates. Mm-hmm. Obviously named after two major second stringers, are Garfunkel and Oates of Hall and Oates. <laughs> I don't even know that guy's first name. That's that's the second string situation. John. There you go. <laughs> it's John, if anyone uh, didn't hear that. Um, for Ding, our that person. was correct. So they show up in all sorts of TV. I, you might know Kate McCucci or Oates from Scrubs as the Gooch. She's also been bored to death. Um, and you may recognize Ricky or uh, Garfunkel from Last House on the Left. But obviously, and this is a throwback, she was in Gilmore Girls. Hmm. You guys, I'm sure, all so familiar with Gilmore bearded Girls. Gilmore yeah. Girls fans. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so I just wanted this to This is show. actually a G- Gilmore Girls beard. Yes. That I'm um, There are several fast-talking women in that beard. Um... <laughs> So I'm really excited. They're, <laughs> they're uh, going to. They are a handful. Let me tell you. <laughs> and end. So they're going to be performing. I'm sure hits like Weed Card about a medical marijuana card, which mm-hmm. I'm sure we all love in Vancouver. Uh, Sex with Ducks, which was the response to uh, the whole gay marriage situation, um, still ongoing in the states. And uh, this party just took it. <clears throat> excuse me. This party just took a turn for the douche, which I believe we can all relate to. Um, their new album has one that I really like, Go-Kart Racing, Accidentally Masturbating. So that is one to check out. They're going to be at the gala tomorrow. And I actually... I'm so confused talk- <laughs> right now. Yeah, those are some of... Okay. You have to... You guys have to Google them. They're amazing. Um, they're going to be at the Rio. They're going to be at the Comedy Mix. Um, and tomorrow, the 16th, they'll be at the opening night. So that's a real... I know that's a lot of information, you guys out there, but there's some amazing performers. It sounds like a lot of great things to check out. So I uh, I talked to them briefly. They were on their Who way to the to? airport. Garfunkel and Oates. Well, look at that. I know. They're lovely, and they were actually just on their way out here, I believe. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was a bit of a, a quick interview, but talked a little bit about their upcoming album. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, how much they enjoyed coming to Vancouver in 2009 for the Comedy Fest. And um, one of the, we also talked about one of their new singles, Save the Rich, which after the interview, we will listen to a little bit of explicit content. It's a bit okay. of a protest song, okay. if you will. And um, if you are not into uh, explicit content, please look up Pregnant Women Are Smug and listen to that instead, because that is another one that is one of my personal favorites. Nice. Okay, so uh, like I said, I asked uh, Garfunkel Notes, what exactly, uh, much like Demers, am I supposed to call them? Oh. Oh, we're keeping it. Yeah. <laughs> just keeping it casual. Yeah, when writing about us, either way. Free When Moist is coming out this year? It's yes, uh, February 21st. Yeah. So, two weeks. So, excited is. to get it out there. Can you tell us a little bit about the album and just say maybe you have a, a favorite track or a, a track that's special to your heart? Um, I know that I really enjoyed Hey Girl in the Moonlight. Oh, oh thank you. My favorite track, this is Ricky, my favorite track on the new album is the Hand Job, Land Up, I Don't Understand Job. It's, uh, I think it's my favorite song we've ever done. That would have to be my favorite as well. And also Save the Rich. Yeah, Save the Rich is fun to listen to. Like, it's like, Hand Job, I think, is, is uh, extremely funny and, and, and great, and, and there's so much happening, but Save the Rich is a newer song for us, so I think there's, I don't know, we also... More fun for us. Yeah, to hear it is newer for us. We haven't done it a million times. We're still figuring it out. Well, everyone loves Hand Jobs, and everyone loves the rich, so... 
So there you go. Yeah. There you go. Now, and I know, because I know your songs, they sometimes have like a little bit of a lighthearted political bent to them. Just, you know, talking about drug use and talking about marrying ducks, etc. Really pertinent issues in today's world. Is Save the Rich kind of your fun, lighthearted take on the 99%? Exactly. We're, we're giving a voice to the 1%. No one's, no one's championing Championing them. Championing no. them. Championing them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How would you compare sli- uh, Slippery when moist to all over your face? Is it more of the same great stuff or are you moving uh, a little bit differently? I think um, it's a little weirder. It is weirder. And I think there's um there's a couple like kind of mini songs on there this time around that are... Um, the last one was a little more traditional and, and this one's... Uh, it's, it's probably a little more bizarre. So I think that's good. A weirder is always better here at CHR. Yeah. I had also, I know you guys did the Comedy Fest in 2009, and you're coming back to Vancouver. Are you able to spend any time in the city, or is it go, go, go? Yeah, I mean, well, we were last time. We had such a blast last time, and we had we, we had just so much fun with the other comedians and exploring the city, and we just had so much fun that we're, like, super excited to come. Use your but weed card. Time, we're doing a bunch of podcasts and other things, so I don't know how much time we'll have to explore the city. I mean, hopefully we'll get one good dinner in there or something, or one fun touristy thing. Uh, but luckily last time we had a lot of time to explore. Do you have any other upcoming gigs or projects that you're excited about? Yeah. Well, we're, we're playing around, uh, let's see, what's after Vancouver? Well, we're, we just got our first Comedy Central special, so we're, we're taping that at the end of February. Oh, awesome. So about. Yeah. And also we're going to be singing at the Independent Spirit Awards uh, that's happening in L.A. Uh, in a couple weeks. And then we're then heading to where? Salt Lake City and Atlanta, Georgia. So a lot, a lot, a lot of touring, and um, and then individually, like Kate, you know, Kate has Raising Hope episodes coming out. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Raising Hope, and uh, Ricky has a movie coming out in the fall. And yeah, she has a solo time. album out right now too, right? Yell at me from the car. Yeah, Kate has two solo EPs out, and I've got one solo EP out. Yeah, they're both doing pretty well. Kate, what are your albums? Uh, one is called Songs, and the other one's called EP Phone Home. Yeah, so that was Garfunkel and Oates. Uh, They are on their way out here right now. And uh, let's listen to their favorite song, one of their two favorite songs off the new album, Save the Rich, their little comment on the 1%. And uh, you can check out everyone. We have Carol Burnett, Betty White, Margaret Cho are coming. Like, some big names are coming. um, And you can check them all out at ComedyFest.com. These times are really tough And we need to band together And say we've had enough All the jobless people Need to learn to be content Cause what we need to do Is protect our 1% Save the rich Let them know you care Don't leave them to languish In their penthouse of despair Save the rich Let their bonuses be swollen And let them keep it all tax free Even if it's stolen Save the rich Let's give our job creators more than their fair share So they can go to Asia and create jobs over there There's loopholes and exemptions and children to exploit So give them special tax breaks, go fuck yourself Detroit And those who don't create jobs really need help too Cause without their seventh home, how will they make it through? It's not time for complaining, not the time for class war. It's time to sacrifice yourself to give them more and more and more and more and more and more. Save the rich. America's built on corporate greed. It's not Wall Street's fault if you can't get what you need. Save the rich. Don't go crying to mommy. Because if you don't agree, then you're a socialist commie. Save the rich. Blame yourself for your problems, not the bad economy. So what if those who have the most are the ones who put it in jeopardy? Fuck your student loans. Fuck your kids and their health care. It'll only take 10,000 of your jobs to put another private jet in the air. Save the rich. It's so easy to do. Just let yourself be ignorant to what's been done to you. Save the rich. By doing nothing at all. Deny all sense of logic and just think really small. You should think really small. Or just don't think at all and save the rain. All right, and that was Garfunkel and Oates with the track Save the Rich. 
which uh, perhaps they will bring to the Vancouver Comedy Fest uh, that is beginning now. So go to ComedyFest.com for information on Garfunkel and Oates and tons more. And uh, yeah, check them out. Now, uh, there's another big, big event coming. Uh, This is starting on February 20th, and it's the Talking Stick Festival, the 11th annual, to be precise. A full circle... Excuse me. Full Circle First Nations performance presents the um, the festival, which is running from February twentieth until March the fourth, in venues throughout the city, and uh, it's going to feature a range of disciplines, including dance, comedy, music, and slam poetry. And uh, to tell us about one example of those shows, Nick is here. Hello. Hello. Go for it. <laughs> okay, so uh, I want to tell you about um, a guy called uh, Sheldon Elter. Uh, he's an actor, writer, and director, and comedian from northern Alberta. Uh, he's probably best known for his uh, one-man show, Meti Mutt, which is the show that he's going to bring to uh, Talking Stick Festival. Provocab- provocative title, that. It is. Meti Mutt. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's won two Sterling Awards um, uh, throughout uh, his tours that he's done internationally and across Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and in addition, this is a little hilarious side note, um, in, in addition to his work on stage, um, Sheldon was also uh, in the top 14 on Canadian Idol in 2006. Really? Yeah, for real. That's pretty awesome. So he's, he's a talented, singer. So, yeah. Minted talent. Absolutely. Because once you hit an idol of some kind, American, Canadian, whatever, you know. Oh, you're a guaranteed success. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the talent right there. What are you trying to say? That's how you know. Am I I feeling some sarcasm here? Basically, Adam, you haven't been on Canadian Idol, and that's how we know. (laughs) But I'm, but I'm going nowhere with yeah, my exactly. life. I'm going to keep talking yeah, about his show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Métis Mutt is premiering in Vancouver for the first time as part of the Talking Stick Festival, as Adam was mentioning. Uh, it's written and directed by Sheldon. Uh, the show, it's an autobiographical one-man performance. Um, autobiographical. Yes, that's a word. That's a word. Got one it. thing I said before, that was not a word. Um, which, uh, in the show, recounts uh, a young man's coming-of-age story uh, through difficult family and cultural circumstance, obviously his story. Uh, The play is told through a variety of media, including edgy stand-up comedy, storytelling, and multi-character vignette acting. I just can't talk right now. Although, to be fair, it's tough to say multi-character vignette acting. Multi-character vignette acting. Vignettes. (laughs) um, In which Sheldon leaps from character to character with lightning speed and precision. Interesting. Yes. So, it's it's a very interesting piece, and uh, I had a chance to talk to Sheldon about it earlier today. Um, And in our interview, we talked about a number of things, um, but I first began by asking him uh, a little bit about what the audience can expect uh, when they see the show. I think right off the start, I think what people are, are going to expect is it's going to seem like it's a stand-up show. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of people are like, oh, he's doing stand-up, and then you sort of get the sense of that's where it's going, and uh, as the material kind of progresses throughout the beginning of the show, it kind of gets uh, a little bit more edgy and racy, mm-hmm. and it's just you know, a, a tool to kind of force the audience to kind of ask themselves what they are, they're really laughing at, right? And uh, and and as the jokes get a little bit more edgy, and there's a lot of negative stereotypes in the comedy because mm-hmm. as a young man, I, I kind of thought I wanted to be when I was doing stand up. I thought I wanted to be like Eddie Murphy or <laughs> you know, Richard Pryor. All these records I stole from my uncle, you know, sure. <laughs> my mom didn't know I had. Yeah, and yeah. I, I thought that's what I was kind of doing. And so I, I, the show starts with kind of that to kind of set a base uh, uh, for the, the idea of what is funny, and, and especially when we're talking about uh, negative stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And then it, the audience, you can sense it becoming un- uncomfortable, and then immediately it shifts into a flash uh, of characters and character vignettes, flipping from one character to another, giving you flashes of racism that I received as a kid from both Aboriginal people and white people, mm. uh, seeing as how I'm mixed blood. Right. Uh, there's stories of my, uh, of me as a little boy speaking to my father, um, and then it just sort of, and it doesn't, you know, it's not very uh, linear either. Uh, it, it, I think much in the way that I think people naturally tell stories, mm-hmm. it never really is in just one, one kind of linear fashion. They don't start at the beginning of their life and tell you. You know, how exactly what happened. Yeah. They're born, right? So, sure. So that's kind of what how it goes, and then as it progresses throughout the show, you sort of see me um, deal with the death of my uh, uh, of my abusive alcoholic father, and, mm. and, uh, and then my own struggles with drug and alcohol abuse, and how mm-hmm. that affected me as a, as a young man, and then ultimately, 
becoming an adult and mm-hmm. truly started to take responsibility for myself and mm-hmm. my own actions and not blaming my parents or sure or the way you know the society or mm-hmm. or you know the fact that I was a you know a mixed blood kid and getting racism growing up I mean it, ultimately I think that's what becoming an adult is right when you mm-hmm. when you just start accepting the responsibility of your own actions no definitely now wh- in going back and telling that story for audiences what is that experience like yourself because you're effectively having to basically relive all of those very personal and, you know, very emotional moments on stage every time you perform the show. What's that like for you? Well, you know, it's funny because you, you think after, you know, you, get to, you reach a certain age, you're like, you know what, I've dealt with that, I've moved mm-hmm. on. But this, in a sense that this, there's a bit of, you know, of a cathartic, a cathartic experience for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, at the same time, it, ultimately I have to try to start to accept that, you know, I'm also just telling a story right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes it gets a little... I, I, when I was performing this show in uh, New Zealand, uh, for whatever reason, I had a memory of from which my mother said I would have been about three years old. I remembered a shirt my dad wore, mm. and a hat he had, and he was filling up a little kid's swimming pool for me, and I told my mom this story. And she's like, wow, you, you remember this during the show? And I <laughs> said, yeah, and then I wanted to cry. Oh, wow. And then, of course, was trying to work through it, and... I felt like I had had a terrible show. Interesting, okay. My uh, stage manager was like, that was great. <laughs> and then, you know, and then ultimately, just sometimes you realize then as the performer, mm-hmm. Sheldon the performer, has to recognize to you that as, as much as this is a cathartic experience, mm-hmm. it's still a story that for the audience right now. And right, so there's a bit, so of a, a bit of a mix between Sheldon the, the performer telling the story and Sheldon the guy in the story. Exactly the character of the story, yeah. So it can sometimes get a, get a little blurry, but I think ultimately I, m- my goal is to is to tell a human story. Right. I, I remember my uh, mentor Ken Brown saying, "I said, you know, I don't. <laughs> are you sure people are going to want to hear me talk about myself <laughs> for an hour and a little bit?" And he's like, "Yeah, you know, so that's the thing. He said, as long as we, you know, we have one of two ways to go in his opinion, and which was to change everybody's names, tweak the situations and mm-hmm. stories so that." I was, wouldn't compromise anyone's uh, personal information, I guess, sure. as far as, you know, in the story that I'm telling about myself. He said, or we approach your family, and then we see if we can try and tell it in the most honest way possible. Mm-hmm. Well, that's said, interesting. What happens is that yeah. that way, the more honest I become, right. I actually said, it doesn't matter if you're a male or female. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, or, you know, native, white. He said, mm-hmm. Ultimately, when you tell the truth, you're making it more accessible to the uh-huh. rest of humanity because you're coming it's coming from a human perspective. Right. And that was interesting because I was thinking about that and about what uh, factors or you know or contributors led to you deciding to to make the show an autobiography and not, you know, tell it in a different style. Yeah, well, we, it started as a piece in, in college at Grant, Grant McEwen's theater mm-hmm. arts program in, mm-hmm. here in Edmonton. And basically what we did, it's a... It's a technique taught to us by this uh, teacher, Ken, Kenneth Brown, mm-hmm. who uh, was trained at the um, National Theatre School in mm-hmm. Montreal. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a, a learning about character vignettes. And so his goal was to help us find ways to tell your own story, mm-hmm. but through characters. So instead of saying, you know, and then my mom said, he's like, no, 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 just, just be your mom. Just be your mom, <laughs> right. You know, you don't have to constantly explain who it is right once you establish it we can start switching back and forth and flipping mm-hmm. and fi- figuring out you know clever ways to you know slowly transform into a character or snap and change into a character right and so it started as a little seven minute piece mm-hmm. and as a joke I called it Métis Mutt because it seemed <laughs> to encapsulate my whole life <laughs> right and uh, yeah, and then it just sort of continued to grow from there and I, I sort of you know uh, performing at a different uh, emerging artist festivals and mm-hmm. then it sort of grew and so and then I was faced with the question do I tell the story truthfully or do I start to change it right and so I just was already on the, that path so I figured you know it's going to be hard yeah but you know and, and you know I had to actually go and call my mom and my brother and anybody who I thought that you know I'm going to be sharing some personal information and, mm-hmm. and I asked them are you okay with this mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, sure. And then my brother saw the show. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't so happy. Oh, really? 
<laughs> what that was we finished the, uh, a remount of the show here in Edmonton after I'd been doing some touring in Ottawa mm-hmm. and Halifax and I came back to remounted here in Edmonton and was, somebody approached him and said oh you're Sheldon's brother mm-hmm. I'm so sorry oh jeez <laughs> and he said you know I said you know that's then they missed the point it's not we're not I'm not asking anybody to feel sorry for me I'm, of course. I'm actually trying to show people that you know that human beings right when you think you're you know you've got no other options mm-hmm. there's always a choice to you know another positive choice to where you can pull yourself mm-hmm. out of the muck and yeah so I, I, after he kind of got that he was like okay because he was at first I'm like you just let people into our house like that <laughs> right but yeah. I think he understands now and I think he was just a, an emotional response there you go literally misunderstanding the point of the show no kidding well that's awesome thank you so much Sheldon for your time I appreciate it awesome thanks so much so that was Sheldon Elter talking about his one-man show called Métis Mutt, which is part of the Talking Stick Festival that starts next week. Um, and he has only three performances of this show while he's here. So it uh, starts next Tuesday uh, and also runs on Wednesday, February 21st and 22nd. Uh, there are shows at 8 p.m. on both uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. And there's also a 1 p.m. matinee on Wednesday. Uh, and you can find the show uh, online at fullcircleperformance.ca or you can of course just google Talking Stick Festival uh, and the show is at the Roundhouse Community Arts Center in Yaletown. Excellent, thanks Nick. No problem. Alright, so you are listening to The Arts Report, which is on CITR 101.9 FM as well as online at citr.ca and we also have a podcast which is available on uh, citr.ca and if you look uh, back a few shows on the podcast list you'll see that we interviewed uh, Charlotte Gill and uh, I'm pleased to say that Charlotte Gill has won the BC Book Prize for um, Eating Dirt, which is what we interviewed her for it's, on the show. It's an excellent, excellent book. It's so enjoyable. And I think uh, we actually had a, an event, not we, the Vancouver Book Club had an event with her. And uh, a bunch of uh, tree planting people did show up. And it was really interesting to see their reactions, obviously drawn in so uh, from by the authenticity of uh, the writing and the the way that she you know, the, communicated her experience. So yeah, good for her. Congratulations, she deserves it. Yeah, this is the uh, National Award for Canadian Nonfiction, and the full book is Eating Dirt, Deep Forests, Big Timber, and Life with the Tree Planting Tribe. So yeah, congratulations, Charlotte Gill. All right, so uh, I think we have time for one more break. Y- yes. <laughs> I don't know why I'm looking. We're, do- we're doing we're, we're doing books after, right? Yes, we are. So we're going to take a break, and when we return, we'll talk about Crossing the Continent by Michel Tremblay. And Nick's going to get to hear that theme song. Oh, I'm so excited. We'll be right back. Become a friend of CITR and receive great discounts at businesses around Vancouver. Your friends of CITR card will get you sweet deals on the west side and UBC area at Banyan Books, The Bike Kitchen, Displace Hasheries, The Eatery, Fresh is the Best Salsa, Gumdrops, Illusion Studio and Spa, Herner's Pub, Prussian Music, Rufus's Guitar Shop, and West Coast Music. And don't forget the UBC Bookstore. It pays to be a friend of CITR. To find out more, come visit us in room 233 of the Sub on UBC campus or visit us online at citr.ca. Two thousand eleven marks the twenty fifth anniversary of the Dr. Sun Yat Sen Chinese Garden since opening in nineteen eighty six. The Dr. Sun Yat Sen Chinese Garden is very pleased to have been able to connect cultures and communities for the past twenty five years and continue being an arts and cultural hub in the neighborhood and the city. Watch for complimentary specials on the twenty fifth day of every month. There are also blockbuster exhibits, community events, academic conferences, and music and theater productions lined up, plus contests and giveaways. CITR 101.9 FM is proud to be a year-long partner as the Garden celebrates its 25th anniversary. For more information, visit www.vancouverchinesegarden.com. Show your friends of CITR card or simply mention that you heard about the Garden on CITR to receive $2 off admission. Born in Nairobi, Kenya, David Nandi Othiambo moved to Winnipeg in 1977 before eventually settling in Vancouver, where he has written three novels entitled Disadbanded Nation, Kiplegat's Chance, and The Reverend's Apprentice. Disadbanded Nation tells the story of a local jazz singer 
hiding from immigration officials in a flop house on Vancouver's east side. Othiembo has called this work, in part, an impressionistic sketch of the disparity between Vancouver's west and east side. This PSA was brought to you in support of Black History Month on CITR 101.9 FM. All right. Ooh, I was, I was grooving to that. That was that good. That was lovely. There's a lot of atmosphere in the booth now. That's right. So uh, you're listening to the Arts Report, and uh, we have one more thing to tell you about before we wrap up uh, today's show, and that's crossing the continent in our regular books feature. <laughs> books, books, books. And Megan Thomas is here to tell us about that. Hello, Megan. Hello. Um, so I recently read um, Michel Tremblay's Crossing the Continent. Good pronunciation there. Thank you very much. I was practicing it earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was actually, I believe, uh, released in 2007 originally in the French. <laughs> and <laughs> Sorry, just the way that you looked at me when you said, the French. <laughs> the French. You guys are supposed to keep your <clears throat> laughter on the inside. Sorry, carry on. Uh, this is... This is serious stuff. This is Wait, literature. These, mi- these mics are on? You guys. <clears throat> literature. <clears throat> okay, I'm ready. I'm serious. And it actually is, uh, speaking of serious literature, though, it is published by Talon Books, whose um, you know, reputation is very much that they focus on uh, drama, uh, literature, and uh, actually literature and translation. So many of their uh, authors are from Quebec, as is Michel. So, which is sorry, it was just really interesting that you say that because um, there's a there's sort of a problem, if you will, about Canadian books that uh, you know Quebec has basically a separate industry, mm-hmm, book industry, mm-hmm. and then English Canada has its mm-hmm. separate books culture and industry, and they don't actually meet very often. And yeah. um, well, I think that's one way that they bring kind of they're helping, yeah, they're they, helping they Canadian spread, unity, spread the culture around yeah. a little bit. So. Um, you know, Tremblay actually uh, is a well-known writer in the French and uh, only started recently translating. Um, but he has uh, actually quite the reputation of doing um, really strong female characters um, and uh, sees Quebec as a matriarchal society. So this is actually the first book, Crossing the Continent, where he's left Quebec. And um, it is actually, Crossing the Continent is um, explaining the background of actually some characters that he's written about before. Where, where is he, if not in Quebec? Like where? He, he always writes in Quebec. So like, it's always set. So it's one of the one first. Is this one set so somewhere else? Yes. Where is it So set? I will tell you. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I should shut up. Uh, he has uh, the character Nana, or mm-hmm. Ryun, uh, and she is referred to as Nana in the book, um, is living in Saskatchewan uh, St. Uh, Maria de Saskatchewan in a little farm with her maternal grandparents and her two sisters and she is called back to Montreal uh, by her mother who left them there um, uh, you know years ago so she's started there when she was four and it's now five years later so of course a lot of growing has been done and uh, she is called back and she doesn't know why she's going back and so she travels across the continent or the country um, by train and she stops in three cities to uh, be taken care of by uh, three women. Uh, her aunt, uh, another aunt, and her second cousin. And uh, there is, uh, so her, fir- her first aunt is a spinster um, with a secret talent. Uh, the second aunt is a gregarious large woman um, who has complete control over a huge clan that lives in Toronto. And uh, in then in the third woman, uh, it, the she-wolf of Ottawa, Tilu, and she uh, is a woman of ill repute who services the local uh, rich, wealthy, and powerful. And it really does show off, I think, the country. Um, it, they do move through French-speaking enclaves, but, um, you know, through Regina, Winnipeg, and Ottawa. And one of the interesting things is that because you're moving from the small farm with almost no electricity through to Montreal, um, uh, through Toronto, it's almost as if you're seeing the country grow up. Uh-huh. Uh, now, uh, the other nice thing is that you do see these very three paragons of femininity in that era, uh, in 1913. And it is, you know, you have the spinster, the mother, and the whore. Of course, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's really fascinating. This little girl, she barely speaks English. She's taken care of uh, by porters along the way. So you get a little hints of the, the, the roles that men have to play as well. 
And、um, this little girl really, she's never seen electric light before. She's never seen the ocean.、Uh, she thinks the Great Lakes are the ocean.、Um, and she's very charming, very naive,、um, smart in her own way.、Um, one of the things I found interesting, though, is that.、Um, What I was talking about, about the three paragons of, of womanhood, it really is laid out at the end.、Uh, Tilu, who's、uh, the most world wise, as makes sense,、um, she really does lay out these are the three choices and make your choice.、Um, but I find that that actually takes away from the work because it's so well organized otherwise.、Mm-hmm. Um, and the, those themes really come across so strongly and so elegantly that、um, I think that would probably be the one flaw. Um, and there's a couple of、uh, awkward phrases that I, I may come from the translation. Though the translator、um, who he's worked with before,、uh, who I don't have right in front of me, unfortunately,、um, but、uh, is actually well known.、Uh, and she's, sorry, she's very good at what she does. And do you think it's a good.、Uh, I mean, it's hard to c- compare、mm-hmm. from the French. Of course.、Um, because you haven't read the French. Uh, nor uh, can I. <laughs> right? If you tried.、Um, but do you think it's. Were there times where you noticed. That, ooh, this probably sounded better in French. Like, were there clumsy phrases? Exactly. There were a、grammar? couple of phrases that、uh, you had to, it, it just struck you as like, those two words should be reversed.、Mm-hmm. And that would be a more elegant sentence. Or, but, yeah, or that's not the way people say that. Yeah. Phrase. Exactly.、Um, but it's, it's, I'm really interested in translation. I read a, lo- read a lot of translations, and English is the only language I speak or read. So I think that、uh, there's not much more I can say about that. Because,、mm-hmm. uh, but I always find reading and translation as someone who doesn't speak the original language is a fascinating topic、right. that I will not go into right now, because I could go forever. But、um, I, it, it's one of their more accessible books from Talon Books. And、uh, it's a pleasant read. The characters are, are, are very rich. And you,、uh, it switches back from her point of view. To their history of the character, to the character's point of view, and then their husbands and their lovers, and, and, and you get to see their point of view as well. So it's a rich and a really well told tale with a few minor flaws, I think. And I think that maybe be part because it is one of their more accessible novels.、Okay. Um, and so its appeal is kind of balanced.、Um, and, uh, Do you think it loses quality to gain appeal? I guess that is what I imply, and <laughs>、yeah. I don't really believe that. But I do, I do know that、um, you, sometimes the, I wonder if the process of writing and, and marketing、um, it is actually a novel that、um, elaborates on characters that he's been writing about since the 70s. Okay.、Um, and actually does refer to his family.、Um, they're, they're drawn from his family. So I think this is.、Um, I can see this being for the fans of the series.、Um, uh, I believe it started with The Fat Woman Next Door is Pregnant and、uh, is a. the、um, What is the series called? It's a series of books about、uh, an area in Montreal.、Mm-hmm. And the、uh, Chronicles of Plateau Montreal. Plateau Montreal. This is、uh, actually the first of a series of three in the Crossing the Continent series. So we, I look forward to reading more, and, and I really recommend that you go out and try it because it really does give you a bit of a magical journey across a developing Canada. So nice. Some、right. nice、uh, local work for you. And、uh, where is this book available?、Uh, this book is available at bookstores. Ah. Yes. That's strange. Wow. Why would they be there?、Uh, did they run out of room on the internet? <laughs> yeah. You can,、um, if you go to、uh, talonbooks.com,、uh, yeah. there is、uh, some more information uh, about it,、uh, slash book, slash crossing the continent.、Uh, you can look up Tremblay's and they will give you a full list of places you can find it. Or just knock on the door and be like, hey. No, don't do that. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure they're going to get a whole flood and they'll hate me forever. But no,、um, it is available at local bookstores. Bookstores everywhere.、Mm-hmm. Yay, Megan. Yes, thank you, Megan. <laughs> books, books, books. And that books uh, hawking uh, uh, signals the end of our show.、Oh. This is the end of the Arts Report. We're on every Wednesday at 5 p.m. here on CITR. And、uh, before we, we sign off, I do want to say if you've missed any of our show, do check out the podcast. It'll be available in a few short hours、uh, from iTunes, namely, or our website. And.、Uh, And I also want to、uh, give a shout out to my co hosts here,、uh, Megan Thomas and Nick Sartori, who will be、uh, taking over from me in March. Congratulations, friends. Yay! So, thank you, dear listener, for,、uh, for, for listening and being、uh, a part of my two year world radio you'll, you'll, experience. You'll be back next week. Yeah,、though. I'll be around. I, and I'll be here next week.、So、We tried to try、yet. to get rid of you, but you just were like, still want to contribute、yeah. and give us advice. You can't get rid of me that easily. No, of course not. But yeah, I'm、uh, interested to、uh, and excited to work with Nick, and that'll be awesome. 
Or he won't be. We'll see. Bye-bye. The alphabet has only 26 letters. With these 26 magic symbols, however, millions of words are written every day. Here's what to look for this February in Discorder. Grimes both graces the cover of Discorder for February and will also touch down in the city as she's on tour in support of her newest release, Visions. Inside Discorder, don't miss the feature piece on Rokokode. Features on our Shindig winners, Sleuth, Tyrannohorse, and From Birch to You, and a special piece on Redrick Sultan. As always, Discorder is loaded with concert and album reviews, the next installment of The Overeducated Grumbler, and a profile on The Basement's Brett Olson in the monthly On the Air column. All this and more in the February issue of Discorder. Grab a free copy of Discorder anywhere on UBC campus, in and around Vancouver, BC, or online at